Good morning, everyone. Um, great to be able to join together again this morning to worship. And uh, as I said last Sunday, we are our Sunday mornings in, in August are going to look slightly differently. And, uh, and so this is going to be the setup. We're gathering um, with a few people as part of, they're part of our church family here. And uh, I'm just going to ask them what the what the Lord's been saying to them, and um, what's been difficult, what's been what's been good, what's been positive over this lockdown period. And so it's great. Uh, I'm so glad that Nigel is uh, joining with us today. And uh, and so I'm just going to start. I'm going to ask Nigel um, just to introduce himself. I know most of you will know Nigel, um, but for those that don't, Nigel, introduce yourself. Let us know who you are, and uh, and then we'll just ask a few more questions after that. That's okay. No problem. Good morning, Grace Community. I hope that you're all well. Um, my name is Nigel Burrows, originally from Dungannon. Been part of uh, Drop-In Ministries for this past 14 years. Part of the church for this past 14 years as well. Um, I work full-time in Armagh, and uh, I'm a, an active member. I could be more active, but an active member here in uh, the church here in Rich Hill. I'd worked as a, a missionary in Venezuela for 12 years, a couple of years between uh, Greece and between India as well. And currently, as I said earlier, just based in, uh, in County Armagh. Sure. Um, there's a lot more that you could say. You could pack out that story. We'd spend all morning talking about uh, stories of how the Lord's used you and all of that. Um, but more specifically, we just want to hear uh, from people that are part of our church family about um, specifically over the last number of months. And um, and so I'm, I'm I'm the sort of person that likes to do the bad news first and then the mm. good news. Yeah. Um. So I just love to ask you, like, be as honest or as as vulnerable as you're willing to be. But um, maybe just like, what has been, what have you found discouraging, or what have you found difficult, or what has been maybe the most challenging part of a uh, lockdown period? And absolutely, like, whatever, family, uh, spiritually, anything. Let's just let's say. No for. problem. So. Uh, my, my my experience, my journey in regards to, to Christianity probably is somewhat different to, to most people's. Um, I was 29 years whenever I, I was 29 years old whenever I found the Lord and within a short period of time kind of disappeared to South America. So as an evangelist then to grow up on the streets of Venezuela speaking God's word and the majority, the vast majority of my work, 95% of my work was was outside the church. Um, I've been given a lot of freedom uh, by my employer, by drop-in, just to, to travel and to continue that. Um, it ties in well, obviously, with uh, the church, ties in well with work, being able to travel to speak, to help people in different parts of the world. Um, so obviously, I think from the, the, the negative perspective that there were plans for 2020. Um, I had the opportunity back in January to go to Burkina Faso uh, to visit one of our projects. Um, we have 700 AIDS orphans that we look after. So I had some work there in January and then February had the opportunity to go to the, the US as well. And into Mexico and just came back uh, whenever COVID hit. So I had planned then with some of our students to make it to Zambia in April, which didn't happen. And I should have been in Colombia in June. So from the traveling perspective, from I get a lot of joy out of that. That is, I guess, in regards to a dynamo. It's like I, I love God. 
I love what I do for him here in Northern Ireland, but I love to get on the missions field to help people to practically hands-on be there to help. So I think from a frustration perspective, that probably was the big big thing for for me uh, during probably that uh, 12 or 13 week period. And also knowing probably that most of everything has been canceled until further noticed. I think it's worth saying, that's a frustration for you, but I think sometimes we forget the impact that it makes when we bring a team mm-hmm. to Zambia or to a place. Yeah. That is, like, that's, I, if you've anything to say to that, like, so it's frustrating for you uh, as someone that wants to get out and, and be a blessing mm-hmm. and minister to the needs of people. Yeah. But actually, what about that, the impact that it has and those that uh, become so reliant almost mm-hmm. on a team coming out that just need encouraged, yeah. that need to be blessed, that need actually phys- people physically to stand with mm-hmm. them, to pray with them and uh, to encourage them in, yeah. uh, in what they're doing. I, I, I think part of it is, and I speak to even a, a lot of different people here in the province, in different churches, that, that like that experience mm-hmm. from the perspective of, of going and being challenged, a new environment, a new culture, food, etc., um, to have them challenges. I know people that need to get away for a couple of weeks every year just to, to re-spark or rekindle something inside them. Um, I know that probably for the vast majority of people that receive missions teams, um, that's it's an encouragement for them because a lot of times these people are working in dire conditions and uh, for us to come to bring blessings, to be an encouragement, to actually help in some way to share that burden is a, is a big thing for them also. Uh, plus, uh, for me personally, I, I enjoy, as I say, we had maybe 10 students and there were some other people interested in maybe seven or eight different trips that we had planned for 2020 uh, to bring them away, to see them challenged, to see the way that the Lord would open their hearts and open their minds and actually give them a, a different paradigm in, in regards to what is happening in different uh, parts of the world so the hope being that uh, we can return to that as soon as possible yeah. depending on COVID and how we get through this yeah well, hopefully uh, thankfully it will that that will happen sooner or later hopefully yeah um, yeah so so then on to the the flip side of the coin mm-hmm. like what is it that over these few months that has been helpful yeah what is it that you've, that has been an encouragement to you or what is it that's been positive uh, some learning maybe over this period as well yeah, I know you, you heard things that were maybe being thrown around, I guess, early into COVID. And one of them was, I actually heard it here in the church, uh, or from the church, that this is an opportunity for us to get refocused. And whenever I say us, I mean, obviously, individually and collectively as a, as, as a body. In regards, again, personally, uh, I think I would gear towards the, the, the thing of returning to my first love. Yeah. From the perspective that I can get busy doing a lot of things. I mean, once we stepped into COVID mode, well, I'm in the office, I can write letters, I can fundraise, I can do a lot of things, and you get, just get busy doing a lot of things. And I think from the perspective of being able to, 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 to reconnect, and I think that statement was that we have an opportunity now to, to reconnect with Christ, to get our our focus again on Jesus during this time and that maybe if you don't do it and by the way we didn't know three weeks in that it was going to be a 13 week or 12 week uh, process before we're able to come back out again but uh, I think a big part of it was yeah you know that was in my mind it's like I can't leave this to the to the last minute although my relationship is good 
with God, but to take that extra time now that I have that extra time, just to to take that extra time in the morning, to take that extra time at night, to spend a little bit more time in the Word, and not to make that a, a burden to me that I have to do these things from a religious perspective, but just to continue to develop that relationship in a context in context of a very very unusual environment of being in a lockdown uh, process. I think we've we've already talked about this before, and especially on our Thursday nights where we did the twelve weeks. Looking at the different disciplines. Yeah. So as I hear you talking about uh, refocused and um, what this time has allowed for you to do. Is there anything specific that uh, you can encourage or challenge other people with that, that has helped that focus, that refocus mm. over this period? I'm convinced just, I guess, as, a, as an evangelist, as a, as a child of God, that the relationship is is rekindled the, the relationship is strengthened as we purposely take time to do something and uh, that that obviously had been a, a, a big part of it and in regards to the the 12 disciplines that i that we had gone through i'd mentioned before the solitude was a, a big thing for me um, i had worked uh, as i said for 12 years in a city in south america where i didn't understand the language initially and Although you're in a big city with a lot of people, sometimes in that big city you can feel very, very alone. So you learn to, I guess, adapt and adjust and sort of take advantage of that, that, that you could connect better um, with God. Uh, sometimes I know I, I had, I guess, an advantage over many other people in the church. I don't have small children. I didn't have to homeschool. There were... A lot of other things that I didn't uh, necessarily have to participate in. You're so, a real smirk on your face as if, like. <laughs> I just I know some of the stories and some of the frustrations, maybe, of uh, other church members, which I think overall uh, there was a positive outcome, yeah. Um, maybe even from a physical perspective and understanding that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, although I eat way too much sugar. <laughs> Um, having more time to cycle, more time to get out. Uh, I thank God that we weren't locked down as tight as other nations where we couldn't leave, where we couldn't do things or restricted to a certain uh, distance outside the house. So to take, a, I guess, um, advantage of the, the physical side of things uh, as well. But my point being that, you know, to get up at five in the morning or get up at six in the morning, and by the way, that's what I had to do in some other countries just to find that time. I find Christ, I mean... I was in Gosford yesterday, I was in Gosford last week, and I find Christ in them places. Uh, to go out and cycle this morning, just even for that one hour around Armagh, just to, to have that time with the Lord. It's a time where you can obviously do a lot of different things, but for me, it's a good time for me to connect to the Lord. So I think the encouragement is that, you know, and by the way, you know, I know people that get up at four in the morning, get up at five in the morning. I don't fall into that category. I'm just not that spiritual, but... Uh, I, th I think we, we, we have to sometimes struggle and wrestle to, to, to make that space, but it, it has to be uh, a priority in each and every one of our lives. I think COVID maybe gave us a, that, that opportunity to, 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 to find that spot or to find that place to, to, to plug in. Yeah, I think for me, I was probably slightly naive. I thought automatically once COVID hit, you're in the lockdown, they, this, this would automatically happen. But as you say, it, it doesn't take away from whether you're locked in or not. If there's no intentionality, yeah, no purpose to like pursuing relationship with the Lord, it's just it's not going to happen. Yeah, 
and uh, I, I just just as you said that too about going to Gosford, and it's maybe obvious to say, but I think sometimes people think that the people maybe struggle with the quiet, like mm. getting up in the morning yeah. and doing their daily devotional, praying and reading. That not everybody, not everybody finds that easy. Mm. Not everybody feels like they're hearing from God there. Yeah, but actually, it's okay to take a trip to Gosford. Yeah, like that is where the Lord can speak to people mm-hmm. as much as our 30 minute devotional in our in our living rooms you know what I mean mm. so I think it's important to say that if it's not already obvious enough that if you're struggling maybe to, to do that purposeful intentional quiet time like get into the car and take a trip to Cosford mm-hmm. like there's much that God can speak to us absolutely in nature of creation um, yeah and so I'm really keen really keen in these times that we have together with you and others uh, that we that we hear like what is what is the Lord saying like desperately want to hear what He's saying in the midst of all of this, um, and so I'm wondering if you're if there's anything I know you've told us about the things that've been challenging and the things that've been good, but it, like is there is there a le- is there a way of summarizing is there a lesson that you feel like the Lord is teaching you maybe you haven't stepped into it I think there's stuff that He's teaching me mm-hmm. that I know that I haven't stepped into yet but mm-hmm. but I feel like uh, there is lessons available for us to learn there is lessons for the church that uh, I think that he wants to teach us. Yeah. And so with regards to that, is there anything that you feel like you could say personally and even even collectively, corporately? Well, I think, I think it works just both ways. I mean, it is, I mean, if God's calling us to, to intimacy, to a closer walk, it's an individual thing, and obviously then it is an absolute um, collective thing, Neil. Um, but I know that, you know, I always see parallels in context of of, of disciplines and uh, I've run probably for this past seven years I try to keep an average every year of how many kilometers I want to run and I've never ever ever at any time in my life actually woke up and thought whippy do time to get the shoes on get out and run type thing but I always found that the fruit of that of course there's a hormonal thing there's a good feeling there's you know a lot of reasons why exercise is good but it always seemed to be on on the other side of that should that have been going to the gym or get on the, on the bicycle or any of them things that on the other side there was always some kind of feel good or you just knew that you had done the right thing and um, obviously spiritually then as i lift the word of god as i take time with the lord as i purposely find a way for this to happen for me to connect with god and should that be in nature should it be at home, should it be in the car or, or whatever else? Sometimes we we'll have to fight. Sometimes we we'll have to just really be disciplined in making then decisions to step away and to make these things happen. I don't think that at any time you're just going to get overjoyed and just passionate about certain spiritual disciplines. But I think uh, David Platt, in one of his books, he said, if you want to get passionate about the Word of God, start reading the Word of God. If you want to get passionate about prayer, you know, get down on your knees and start to pray. It's a very, very similar thing, you know, once you actually put that into motion and obviously you're then encouraged and you're then built up and then connecting with God is a wonderful thing. Peace, joy, encouragement. You know, if we, we see the word of God as a, as a spiritual milk or something that we need to get as nourishment every day, then we need to be in the, the word every day. And again, that is the collective thing and it's also the corporate thing for the, the body of Christ. But we just have to make a point of... Uh, I, I, I don't. I thank God that I've, I've managed not to leave Jesus to the last thing every day. That I always try and include him and be conscious every day that he's part of every moment and part of everything 
that I do. Yeah, I'm trying to keep that prioritised. Yeah. Yeah. That puts me in mind. I was I'm almost to the end of uh, emotional, healthy spirituality by Pete Scazzaro, and uh, just a chapter that I read actually this morning. He was talking about to be to be present. Uh, to be present with God is also to be present with people. Um, and so, so I think you are, could you speak a wee bit into like community life? Because mm-hmm. I know that's like that's you've been yeah. living with people in an environment from different backgrounds, different <coughs> cultures. And I know it didn't tell you this when I ask you this, but just think that maybe there's something that would be worth mm-hmm. worth speaking into as well. Yeah. I think, I mean, from a family unit perspective, you grow up in a family unit, you've got your, your, your children, your wife, and you, you learn how to, to, to blend and to move forward in context of life uh, together. It's a very, very different thing. I mean, there were nine of us out at, the, uh, out at our headquarters, out at Ballyards, and uh, your mum, your dad, and uh, some other younger people. And I think, um, I think the, the example that I always think of is the the smooth pebbles on the beach, mm. that they didn't start off smooth, but it just took that constant and gentle rubbing together over many years to, to bring them to that place of looking very, very similar. And I think Jesus, uh, I know that whenever I went to Youth with a Mission in 2002, January 2002, I was like the oldest, maybe the second oldest in a school of 42 people. Everybody else was 18 or 19, and that was hard. I mean, coming from my own home, my own independence, and you're just getting back into a very, very different mindset, and you're sharing the accommodation with, with you know, seven young men. And to be honest, I mean, I was going to pack my bags and just go back to Northern Ireland on the same day. I can't do this. But actually to go through that three-month, six-month, one-year period of my life to actually allow the Lord, because, you know, we, we need to be around people, I think, in the context of community. In church, I mean, it's not enough, and I've always advocated that it's not enough that we come in here and I shake hands with you on a, well, I said the COVID thing, yeah. <laughs> that is, hey, Neil, how are you? Good to see you. And, you know, that, that that's really what we call or that's what we say fellowship is. And that goes for a lot of churches right throughout the world. But the idea, like today, we could have lunch together and we could talk about things and we'll get an opportunity later to pray. I think that, that that's what Jesus uh, intended in the midst of everything. So the, the community thing for me is probably one of the toughest things. By the way, I'm, I can seem to be like an extrovert, but I'm, I mean, I, I was very, very happy to be locked down for 13 weeks at the castle, you know, just to have no space and to do whatever. But on the other side, living with people and rubbing off people. And, and, and again, we allow the, the fruits of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit, the, the gentleness and the kindness and everything else. We, we, we need that and that grace every day. But you grow... I think you grow better in them environments. Oh, yeah. That's really helpful. That's it. it puts me in mind of I went, uh, me and a few friends went down to the to the monastery in Ross Trevor, and they were were met by Brother Thierry, who's one of the monks down there, and he 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 brought us in for for tea and coffee, and we just had the chance to just ask him more questions for him to share his heart and how he ended up where he was, and uh, and so somebody asked. I can't remember who it was, but asked about community life, and he said the greatest blessing of just living with the, yeah. with a bunch of guys, different backgrounds, different cultures, all of that. The the biggest blessing of that type of life, that community life, um, the biggest blessing 
of the life that he had chosen was community life. But the biggest challenge of the life that he had chosen was also community life. Um, and so that's, uh, I, I can see where, where that would be, where that would be the case. There's huge reward. And I, lo- I love that example of the, of, of the, the smoothing of the stone. And we need, like, we need all sorts. Mm. We, need, we need, like, we need to be in relationship with people from all walks of life just to help us navigate better, to be able to be smoothed on, iron, sharpening iron and all that. And that's my prayer, actually. That's my prayer for, um, for the church. And you're reminding me of that as I listen to you talk. My prayer is that, that we would truly, in a way that we've never seen before, see the living out of the priesthood of all believers. That everyone has a part to play. Mm. That everyone has something to contribute. That everybody has something to speak into the life of, of, of the church. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, so that would be that would be my heart when I hear signs of it uh, coming out as uh, as I'm listening to you talking. So, um, anything else? Anything else burning in you that you want to get out before we wrap up? I, I just, you know, I, I tend to do things a certain way. I guess we've all got our different ways of doing things. And I just, just to follow on from what you had said, just the idea being that uh, I thought to myself a number of years ago, you know, if everybody just were like me, it'd be a lot easier. And then I thought about it and I thought, I wouldn't want everybody to be like me. The idea that we all have, we all have something important to bring to the table. Yeah, and I think that that was the thing after so much time spending all that time, for example, in YWAM, with with young people. It's like, yeah, God's brought all of these people together for a specific reason, because there's there's something that I can contribute towards you, and there's something that I know that you have for me, and you get that through fellowship and and and. and getting close to people and, and I'm doing life with them. Yeah. Um, I have nothing else either. So, but I would love it if you would pray for us. Absolutely. Pray, pray for our church, pray for those that are, who have been listening in, that have been part of this conversation. Uh, it'd be great if you can just pray for us. Absolutely. For us all, whoever's listening. That's it. Thanks, Ned. Let us pray. We just thank you, Father, for this day that you've given to us and uh, for this opportunity to come, Lord, and uh, just to be able to give testimony about... Uh, what you've done in my life, Lord, and some observations over this past uh, three or four months. I thank you, Father Lord, for, for Rich Hill, for Grace Community Church, uh, for the leadership, Lord, and for the, the vision that you've given to us, Lord, to reach into this community, to shine light, Lord, uh, to be a voice, to be a help. And uh, we pray, Father Lord, that um, your will be done at this time. We think of the, the many people, Lord, in our community today that have been in lockdown and maybe are still in lockdown because of sickness or old age. And we just ask, Father, Lord, for your blessing upon them today. For the families, Lord, that you've given grace to, to get through their their homeschooling and their family life together. And generally, Father, Lord, I just want to speak a blessing and a prayer, Lord, over this congregation, Lord, over the community in which we live. We just thank you for this day that you've given to us. In Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Nigel. You're more than welcome, Thanks for being with us, everyone. Have a good day.